1: Drafting in a $2,000 redraft league over the FFPC. We are in the main event and we are ready to go, Sean. We have the 112. We are ticking through that first round already. We did talk a little bit about this on our previous podcast, talking some potential strategy from those late picks. So excited to see what we do over the first couple of rounds, but what happens moving forward is Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, and Saquon Barkley off the board as things move forward. John, there is three selections before our pick Stefan Diggs goes off the board. What are you thinking here at the 112 as we attempt to win the $1 million top prize?
2: Well, I think that we both would probably be most excited if we were able to get the Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson double dip. There are a couple of other interesting plays here in C.D. Lamb. We'd be excited about that. I mean, there are some concerns potentially about Bijan Robinson right now. Tyler Algier was one of the players I wrote up in the Zero RB Candidates Countdown because he appears to have really a pretty substantial standalone role, but if you wanted to make a pitch for Bijan, and that's what we opted to do here, I mean, I'm always in for a generational prospect, especially at the 112. Colin, he does go one pick before us. We have not Garrett Wilson, but we can take CeeDee Lamb and Amon Ra St. Brown. Mark Andrews also a legitimate consideration here what direction do you want to go first
1: i think we'll, we'll go first i think it's a clear pick for st brown with that first pick for us i think we're both in agreement there on the first one yeah and then we can play a little bit with the, the clock here um for me it's between st brown and andrews and we, we talked or sorry between cd lamb and andrews we did take st brown um they're picking at the 112 by adp at the moment there is more opportunities to be getting the elite tight ends from the front end of the draft so if we park on pass on mark andrews here it's unlikely that we do get them we talked about playing though the late round tight ends as a potential option i i think the way that the draft will play out here and what we talked about potential options at the three four turn five six turn i think it makes a lot of sense here to to get cd lamb
2: that was what i was hoping you would say
1: I was trying to filibuster Sean. Did I leave it long enough?
2: Well, we still had plenty of time. You got to really, you got <sighs> to your work cut out for you with the longer clocks here. With 60 the seconds
1: is hard. It's hard to filibuster for 60 seconds.
2: It is. Anyone who listened to the Stealing Bananas Pros versus Joe's show, however, uh, Ben and I did it very successfully all the way through that draft there. So you can still get in a little bit of trouble. Colin, I think that's an interesting pick right there because we know that the elite tight end. Provides such a unique advantage in terms of tournament play and certainly in these tight end premium formats. If you have Mark Andrews and he goes off, he's going to be very, very difficult to compete with. The flip side of that is just that CeeDee Lamb, while he hasn't exactly been a priority for me this season, I think it's easy to kind of lose track of just how good he was last season and what the overall ceiling would be for him. As well when we think through you pull up the ceiling signals tool here and look at his target per route run numbers and we have him coming in with Devonte Adams Drake London DeAndre Hopkins just below that elite tier with Tyreek Hill Amon Ra Cooper Cup and so with our first two selections there it's very exciting to get two of the elite target earners in today's NFL but the flip side of that, too, is that we would expect Lamb to be relatively efficient 8.7 yards per target last year. That gives him almost 2.5 yards per route run, according to the Sports Info Solutions charting numbers. And we look at Lamb there, too, and he's got a 91% route rate. So I think there's a potential for him to end up actually running more routes for the Dallas Cowboys to be more pass heavy than people realize. Matt Irby, one of our new writers, wrote a fantastic piece on Mike McCarthy and how some of the concerns might be a little bit overstated. Now, we look at this here and we think about the fact that now you have Brandon Cooks in there with Liam. Perhaps that creates a little bit of an issue for the ceiling there going forward. But when I'm looking at Liam and I'm seeing a guy who had over 1,600 air yards last year, had almost 1,400 yards actual yards is going to be a touchdown threat is linked up with an above average qb i certainly wouldn't call Dak prescott an elite qb everything is there for him to take another small step forward and it's easy to look at cd lamb and actually be you know it's not a letdown pick i mean you're talking about a guy who has an adp of 111 people obviously really like him and yet he's a little bit the forgotten man in terms of a player who could go off and be this year's Tyree Kill, a player who could make the jump, who could be in that top five. I really like having these two guys for the start. Now, we were dreaming about Garrett Wilson, who actually has a lower ADP than both of the guys that we actually got. And yet, when you have St. Brown and Lamb here to start this draft, not only does it give us a lot of upside, but, Column, especially when we talk about how many great running back options there are between rounds three and six it gives us a lot of flexibility going forward as well.
1: It really does. And I think that's why I would prioritize it. If C.D. Lamb hadn't been there, I think I go with Mark Andrews, but um, having the option to add Lamb. And the other thing with Lamb, you know, he's entering his age 24 season. He did turn 24 in April, but because he's been in the, the league for a few years, I think people think that he's probably much older. He is still in that area where that I think the floor with Lamb, and we're not looking for floor plays, but it feels so, so safe with him, what we're going to get, even if it's not a a big season for him. But he is a player who I feel could challenge the likes of Chase or Jefferson for, you know, that wide receiver one spot come next season based on his trajectory. And part of that is as well, you know, you mentioned Cooks, but if we look at Chase, for example, he has T. Higgins across from him, who we, we absolutely love, but we're in situations then where, Cooks is somebody who has been consistently productive throughout his career, but is now leaning into that journeyman veteran stage. We know what we're going to get, and there is potential for that to be a cross from Lamb to actually help him in this offense. So I'm excited to get Lamb and Brown there. Interesting, Sean, to see how it plays out. Now you mentioned some of the running back options since we met our selection. It's AJ Brown, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddle, Mark Andrews, Olave, Higgins, Smith. Patrick Mahomes goes to the Travis Kelsey drafter as the second last pick of the second round, then Calvin Ridley at the 212, Josh Jacobs, Henry, and now Darren Waller. So I mentioned, Sean, when we were discussing it, some of the options potentially by ADP at the tight end position. Waller is somebody who sometimes sneaks his way to the back of the third round, usually the fourth tight end taken. That means that TJ Hawkinson hasn't been drafted to this point they're usually kind of roles reversed for where they go so it'll be interesting to see where he goes off the board here moving forward but you did mention some of the running backs that may go in this range we obviously have at the moment as we record this on friday the 25th of august conversations happening around jonathan taylor is he going to be with the colts the dolphins somebody else that is something we'll see how that plays out he's usually an early third round pick so we'll see he may slide a little bit and this one, Jameer Gibbs is in this range. Josh Jacobs. We're not targeting Joe Mixon in this draft, Sean. But he goes here. Ramondre Stevenson's at the turn. We're not targeting Harris, but the players we're really looking here is Gibbs, Stevenson, ETN, and then Brees Hall. Now, Brees Hall is generally a late fourth round pick, but we should have some options here at the turn. And as I mentioned, that TJ Hawkinson does go the next pick after Darn Waller, and then Jonathan Taylor. So. There is a lot of options, Sean. You were trying to see on our latest mm-hmm. podcast if I would kick things off with six running backs through the opening six rounds. Now, I didn't do that. I don't think Sean ever realistically thought I was going to do that. But when we had, you know, if it was Bijan that hadn't have went, let's say I'm on Ross Brian goes at 11, Bijan would come into that potential conversation. But when we get to this next turn, the 3-4 turn, it seems like a – real place to to get yourself two kind of anchor running backs with superstar potential um so we'll see it's always in these drafts sean you're waiting to see how things play out because every draft will be slightly different even versus the adp but we're using the tools on rotobiz sean may have it pulled up slightly different i'm going off the last two days which has about 45 of this here particular format along with the fantasy pros format in it. so we have had some news over that time you know Myself and Sean will probably talk as we move through here about Jerry Judy, uh, obviously with JSN with his injury, some players potentially missing the starting portion of the season, but that may, Sean, lock them in. as <laughs> still been targets for us maybe in a, a round later, so we'll get to that point. They wouldn't really be in conversation here, I don't think, at this 3-4 turn. But as we talk, we are four selections away. None of those running backs have gone off the board in Gibbs, ETN, or Stevenson along with hall but the you know jamar gibbs is usually the 304 and joe mixon's after going off the board at the 308 so what are you thinking here are you are you hoping that gibbs makes it a few more picks here in a slide can you see any reason why he would be sliding yet picks
2: past adp no not really not really you have josh allen who goes a couple of slots before us there he's sort of the last of the big three Gibbs is going to go at the
1: 311 I'm, I'm going to predict it now he goes at the 311 here
2: well over the last three days Gibbs has been at 304 as you mentioned for him to get all the way to 312 you know this early in the draft to have a player who's that interesting fall eight slots would be pretty compelling now you and I are going to have some chances at other backs. we would also have some
1: Brian as well and all the conversation
2: then. yeah so I mean I don't know exactly how I I, think you would
1: have to take it if it gets there past ADP, but um, no, I think you could work with the, the running back and the wide receiver here on the same roster.
2: Yeah, you can work with it. I think that when you look at how you'd want that week, 15 to 17 race to play out, I mean, you want your running back. If you draft one here to have a shot to go for, you know, 70 to a hundred points. And I mean, that's a big ask Gibbs would have to catch a lot of passes to do it if he and St. Brown are playing both in that underneath capacity, you know, do they cannibalize each other a little bit, but Colin is right. Gibbs does go at the three eleven. not surprised by that. Every pick that he slid by was more surprising than when he does get taken. So Colin, we're looking at Ramondre Stevenson, Debo Samuel, Brees hall as the three names that we have on the board here. The three. We not add an ETN to that list? No. ETN could also go. The other player we would have been looking at here would have been Keenan Allen. So the last two picks take our two of our prime targets, but we still have four left. Column, we have 20 seconds. Who do you want for the first of these two guys? I, th-
1: I think ETN, or, or sorry, Stevenson. I think we're both agreed on.
2: Okay, so we'll grab yeah. Ramondre Stevenson there. Ah, uh, Not scared of Ezekiel Elliott being in that backfield. Obviously, that's a famous last words kind of situation. Colin, I really like Debo Samuel, but there probably are some other ways that we can play that 49ers passing game. I don't know. I Brees Hall and Travis Etienne are massive slam dunk picks here. Etienne is more expensive. It's possible that in some other drafts we do, we might be able to pull Hall in late. Which direction are you leaning there?
1: I think by ADP, it probably makes sense to go for ETN here, but I'll, I'll let you make the final call. These are two of your guys.
2: Well, Colin, this <laughs> is our main split. event together. I mean, this is for all the marbles, the $1 million. This is for $1 million. Don't pass it off.
1: And I think we go with ETN.
2: So as long as I successfully click it, I was gonna say we don't get Najee, but we have we have multiple guys in the queue there. The worst case would have been timing out on Debo Samuel. We take yeah, if we if we had, had
1: taken Najee Sean, I would have uh, I think we would have finished up that would have been the last episode of the Rotavus overtime podcast. <laughs> I think we're... the final
2: episode is four draft picks
1: and then four draft picks and in the main event. We don't even finish the draft, we just end the end the show. But we get ETN there. It, it is interesting, Sean, and I know we're in this draft and this is accumulating a lot more than all the all the kind of best ball minis we've done and all the other drafts, but we have taken a lot of Brees Hall. We have a huge amount of, of Brees Hall packed in our, our bags, and I, I know it's unlikely to happen. Brees Hall at the moment is a late fourth-round pick, the 4'11". It's, it's very unlikely he would ever slide back to where we are, but something you have to consider um, with the kind of six-pick difference between him and E.T. in there. If Gibbs had a sled, do you think we still go with those two particular players and Stevenson and Etienne? Um, And
2: how close is that for you for Hall and, and Etienne there? I have those four guys just with almost identical grades. And I think partly what you're trying to do there is figure out what you are trying to accomplish with this specific pick. So, I mean, I have Gibbs... Ranked as 302, Stevenson 304, Hall at 307, ETN at 310. And so, from that perspective, ETN is the lowest of the group, but I have them all above where they're going by ADP. I mean, there are some mild concerns about Tank Bigsby with the Jaguars that, in my mind, are probably, I don't know if more legitimate is the right term. I certainly think that Dalvin Cook is a much better running back than Tank Bigsby. At the same time, because they're in different parts of their career arcs. You know, even after they make the plunge and go with Cook, if Brees Hall looks absolutely fantastic, then, I mean, he's going to get the work that he needs to pay off at that spot. I mean, you could... The rhetoric out of Jacksonville has been confusing enough that it does raise some eyebrows. They talked about ETN rushing for 1,600, 1,700 yards. You'd expect him to put some receiving production on top of that. And at the same time, they seem to think that they can get Bigsby a lot of production as well. Now, we know that these NFL teams are going to have committees in 2023 in most cases. But anytime that there's as much enthusiasm for the backup as there seems to be, you want to be at least price aware as you're drafting the star but you know we go back to the really fun shows that ben and i did for stealing bananas where he had travis Etienne as next year's 112 i had etn in the second round when you're getting that player at the 401 i mean you can handle a little bit of that risk again etn one of the most electric backs in the nfl wrote a big piece about him and how he compares to even guys like a jamal charles he is set to go off this season and i mean he's one of my favorite ways to play this jaguars offense where i like all four of their receiving targets but those guys are tricky in relationship to price and then trevor lawrence i think is actually a really nice buy and yet at the same time i don't know that lawrence addresses structural concerns that you have from a big picture perspective so as we kind of think through that and where our different incentives are and how we want to play jacksonville it always comes back to Travis UTN being this elite player at such a perfect price.
1: Yeah, I would agree with with all of that. And it, for me, it was really neck and neck between between him and Hall and, uh, you know, on a different day, I might have leaned a different way. It's always going to be interesting, Sean. When we record these, we have in the past had teams that made finals. We have had teams that have won big money. And it's always interesting to listen back and see where some of the kind of 50-50 calls were who you went in on and who you went out on and how that works out both positively and negatively the travis Etienne versus Brees hall one could be interesting but the thing is across the board we're going to have a lot of both of those guys interestingly in this draft sean lamar jackson makes it to the um four nine and something that i love that the ffpc have added into the website over the last couple of months is also the you know instead of having to calculate every single time there's a pick it does now similar to underdog add and the Exact pick number as we go through, which for most people it probably doesn't matter, but for streaming drafts, it makes it very convenient. Brees Hall does go one pick after Lamar Jackson. The reason I mentioned Jackson, Sean, something that I had considered doing, but I didn't really want to invest as much in one specific offense through three rounds. Is it is pretty possible if you take Andrews at that 201 spot to potentially get Lamar Jackson then at the 312 or the 401. We didn't talk through that as a possibility at all, but it was something that I had kind of been been playing around with. But I feel like the way that we started is the, the way that I wanted to go. You had mentioned, though, Sean, about loading up on running backs, and we've done a lot of shows over the last couple of weeks about the actual value of running backs this year in these kind of rounds, three, four, five, six. A lot of the time, the best pick is actually that running back option and um, so it'll be interesting to see what we do through these next couple of picks my preferred option as we move through this draft would be to you know maybe get one more running back potentially two more running backs through those opening 10 rounds if any of the players that we're targeting do fall to us but then i'd like to get into those zero rb guys then beyond that and try and fill out the the roster that way rather than as you i'll say tongue-in-cheek said sean uh get those six running backs to start off the draft but since we did pick Debo went off the board, DJ Moore, Najee Harris, Amari Cooper, Kenneth Walker, Kittle, Pitts, Jackson, Hall, Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert. So we'll see as we sit at the 501 what happens over the next 10 picks before our selection, which i looking at some of the options that you might like. I do see we have clicked Jerry Judy into the queue, obviously he pulled up in, in training at the end of this week, and looks like he is going to miss some time to start the season how are you feeling how are you playing that moving forward with guys like him and jsn are we for me i'm still looking to target them and particularly now when we've started off with two elite wide receivers giving you that little bit of time maybe to get those guys back on the roster as the season progresses how are you feeling about those guys i'm sure if it's a tiebreaker with a similar ranked player available and them we'll go for the healthy guy at this moment in time but how are you feeling about Jerry Judy at the moment. And I suppose we can, a a later potential target in JSN. How
2: are you feeling about those guys with the injuries? Yeah. I mean, Judy is one of these guys who has just been so frustrating to play. And I keep kind of going back to the well because I do think that if he were to stay healthy, you'd be talking about him as like the wide receiver 14. So I think you could put him in for Calvin Ridley there and that would be the appropriate price. The problem is just that has never been what's actually happened. And you know so the situation yesterday was just another reminder that it's always a roller coaster with judy and one of the frustrating things that happened last year is that he was injured at the very beginning of games on multiple occasions so not only do you have the injury in general but you have the injury for a guy who is actually in the lineup for you now
1: Him and t higgins had kind of very weird seasons where you know between being active early injuries was just the two of them at strange campaigns. They did.
2: They did. And you don't want to overstate that. You don't want to think that that's going to <laughs> be overly predictive of what happens in the future, which is one of the reasons why we've targeted him, one of the reasons why my ranking on him has been fairly aggressive. And yet, it just it ends up being so frustrating. So I think the 5-6 turn is actually a pretty decent price for him if the reports that it's a moderate strain and that he might just miss a couple weeks. I mean, if you get jerry judy at the five six and he misses weeks one and two and comes back healthy then i mean i think you're starting to look pretty good but we do have some other options where we don't have to deal with that i mean chris godwin goes right in this range brandon Ayuk goes in this range in the last several days as you mentioned jsn has almost come back to the seven eight turn now i mean the problem there is that you're going to be sitting there thinking you know throughout the entire seventh round like make it make it make it make it And i mean he's going to go a couple picks short it just I don't think it's realistic to get back to seven twelve. So we're probably not going to get him. We kind of put that out there into the universe, and maybe the universe gives us one back. I think we'll get him, Sean. I think he'll come back. Okay.
1: Okay. But as we're kind of I was able to call the uh, Jamar Gibbs peck perfectly, so I think. Well,
2: perfectly, but a slot short. Yes. No. I I agree with you. I'm I'm enthusiastic about that. We're gonna get wide receiver options at the seven eight. Maybe not fantastic ones, but there are gonna be some guys there. So when we're four picks away now, some of the names that we'd be looking at, Drake, London, Dallas Goddard was really someone that I was hoping would fall to the five-six because that would address a big need. He goes, you know, basically, this is ADP, a couple spots ahead. So now Javante Williams, James Cook, Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, J.K. Dobbins. Are you tempted at all to grab... Two out of three of Javante Williams, James Cook, and JK Dobbins? Or is that, that's, I, one I love the concern far?
1: in Sean's voice as he, I love the concern in Sean's voice as he asked that question. I, I'm actually very open to that. And this was kind of when we were talking about the pre strategy. You mentioned the six, I mentioned four through 10. That would be my four. The, and that list that we've gone through, you know, we've got Stevenson and end. we talked about uh, Gibbs and Hall realistically that other list is what we're kind of hoping to get there um as Terry McLaurin goes off the board. So those guys and Ayuk are are very much in play for me, but I'm I'm on board with that. What what way you if we have a preference here as we wait for two more selections. I feel like um Javante and James Cook are the probably preferred options that I would go with. I know you really like Dobbins. What what's your thoughts here?
2: Yeah well Drake London is This round. Oh, yeah. He goes, like we're um, talking.
1: He's talking. He's turning into Jameer Gibbs here. He's going to go with the 311. He is.
2: So his ADP, 502. Jerry, Judy does go. Judy goes. So we have the 502 on London. He has been somebody that I have been (laughs) mildly fading at his ADP. He does go 511. So
1: the... We are getting... We're getting JSN. Showing at this next turn after this. It's going to be perfect. Okay. Okay. I like it. That's what I... So we are on the clock, 49 seconds left to talk through the first selection, and then get into the second one. Who's, is Javante the first one up here for you?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
2: Yeah, I mean, you've got that Sean Payton offense. You got the elite peripherals. I mean, Javante Williams was an incredible football player before the injury. It seems like he is back. Let's go ahead and take the plunge there. And then we can discuss what we want to do in the sixth round I here. Think this is a yeah, this is a bit of a closer decision for me.
1: If we're playing it by, you know, if we're just going by ADP, you can tell me your rankings after this with James Cook, usually the five twelve, and then we get godwin just in the the mid-sixth brandon Ayuk is usually the fourth pick of this next round jk dobbins then and similar range to that two picks in. so let us know your ranking Sean, with 37 seconds left to go and then we'll we'll make that final call
2: yeah so i have cook at 510 i do have brandon Ayuk in the middle of round four and
1: so well the next thing i was going to say to you is i if we don't go wide receiver here and then we do go in the next round and we don't get JSN who I'm hyping up here, it can, you know, there is still running back options as we move through the draft. So I'm, I'm not
2: against going that way. Okay. So why don't we go ahead and take Ayuk there? I think that's a great value and it allows us to do what we discussed at the three, four, which is that you have Debo there. You feel like he's probably, you know, the best player in a vacuum and yet you're able to go ahead and get Ayuk at the 5-6. If we have those guys fairly close together, and I think it only makes sense to have them close together, you can look at their splits uh, in the second half of the 2021 season after Brandon Ayuk really came on. The first half, obviously, he was sort of in the doghouse. You look at the splits then last year when Brock Purdy took over. In both of those cases, Ayuk's numbers just massively jump out at you and he looks like a guy who should be going at probably uh you know mid three i think it's a really hard choice to take guys like dk metcalf calvin ridley over a brandon Ayuk. and so when you get him at this spot and he does some things for you positionally helps you balance that and like you said i mean i think that we're going to get some names at the seven eight turn but i've also gotten a lot more interested again in deandre swift somebody who by adp probably doesn't quite come back to us and yet he would be another running back option there if we push it a little bit so instead of getting you know just way kind of you know out over our skis on the running backs we go ahead balance what we're doing here through the first six rounds and that we've talked all offseason about how you have to manage both the wide receiver avalanche and you have to create some exposure to those running back picks especially when we're out on the edge when we have a turn pick as opposed to being in the middle and being able to grab some of those values now it's interesting because the drafter here in 11 whom we've mentioned a couple times has gotten some great values the non-value really really good
1: draft so far for them
2: are, are pretty interesting too so that team is named magazine drafter which i do find hilarious you've got Bishon robinson jameer gibbs james cook at running back you've got aj brown Debo samuel drake london at wide receiver without having looked that closely at some of the teams that are a little bit further away that from us i am feeling like that is the team that is our closest competition in the early going and i say that you know a little bit tongue-in-cheek and that obviously everybody is a, a competitor here and one of the interesting things column i think when you look at this board right now is that Every team has a QB except for the 10, 11, 12. So we've got the first nine drafters making some bets on these elite QBs. Those teams also are much more heavily loaded up on tight ends. And then we have these three teams at the back who are running back wide receiver. That will be an interesting mix slash battle to follow as we work our way through. But it also does underline how your draft slot makes a difference. So one of the things we talked about is that if you have this slot, at the end it is harder to get those tight ends
1: yeah definitely it's harder to get them and it's interesting you know you mentioned the team and the 11 and what i felt pretty much throughout this draft is players we've talked about are players we were thinking about potentially getting and i know they were values for them in london and gibbs particularly but they are drafting the kind of same profile and same targets of players that we would be considering at that particular time of drafts and and that can sometimes be tricky because now when we're waiting for players to come back we're going to have to watch them every single time. Don't be surprised if they snap up a a fallen JSN here as it comes back around. But the other thing to note is on the other side of the board, some of those teams are potentially making decisions based off what players are doing to the left of them. For example, in this particular draft, if you're drafting at the six, you're thinking about what happens before it goes to the one and then back to you. We see those teams with tight ends, quarterbacks, and some of those Players being pushed up a little bit in terms of ADB, not much, but a, but a little bit as we we look through it. So we won't be picking Sean now for another about 13-14 picks. But so far as the draft has kicked off, I'm I'm very pleased because there can be you know the fear of the, the 12th slot is when you get to say the, the sixth round, you're like, I, I really dislike this team. <laughs> this team is not going the way I, I would have hoped. But if we you know talk through this, the scenarios we talked through on last Friday's podcast. This is pretty much what, what I was thinking we would pr- hopefully do through those opening uh five, six rounds. So I think we're off to a really nice start, gives us lots of options here as we move forward, but will give us some challenges at both tight end and quarterback. Uh feels like now we're into you know potential players like Tua, for example. It'll be interesting when we get to that range. If we talk about Dak Prescott, not somebody I'm actively targeting this year, but now that we also have CeeDee Lamb, you know, we did talk off air last week if we got wilson wood we take rogers does that same thing kind of apply to prescott who does go a couple of rounds earlier usually than rogers but we may be into that late later conversation and jared goff would obviously come into play his adp at the moment 14th round so lots of things to talk through both tight end and quarterback as we move forward here but sean one of the things that i wanted to mention was you know with tears with how things can play out you mentioned getting the two elite options at the two the one two turn we obviously get simp brown who is you know at that point the one two three four five six seventh wide receiver off the board we then we get lamb so we get two of the top eight guys that go off the board that second round is two running backs off the board one tight end one quarterback the rest of those players all wide receivers so it kind of starts a little bit of a run there which also means that we don't see a huge amount of the running back targets that we'll be considering at the next turn going off the board and then in that third round we get two quarterbacks two tight ends only the two wide receivers, but it's the last two at the very end of that kind of option of Allen and DK Metcalf. But that also is what pushes Gibbs almost to us, gets a Stevenson and ETN. I think that those opening four rounds played out probably as well as they could, barring us getting Gibbs um, at that point. And I, I don't think there's much splitting that. So we have seen David Montgomery, Alvin Kamara, George Pickens go off the board. Some of the targets that we would have hoped that maybe would have. Potentially last of but we hadn't much faith in lasting back to his Chris Godwin, Jahan Dodson go off at the back of the sixth round pickings would have been in play as well. How are you feeling as we we sit here? Is there a holding of the breath to see what happens with the likes of DeAndre Swift and uh, obviously JSN as the other pick because he is he's getting back to us here.
2: Well, I I, I think that you have hit it and that we do expect the very last pick that he could go in would be that drafter. At the 7 11. So, when we look beyond that, we're looking at guys like Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Sky Moore, Elijah Moore, Quentin Johnston. The rookies there are interesting because we won't have to play them in the first couple of weeks unless we have more injuries between now and the start of the season. When you go through six and you have this 3 3 start that we have. That would be your two running backs, your two wide receivers, and your two flex spots. Right now, very positive buzz for Flowers, a little bit less positive buzz for Quinton Johnson, even notes that Palmer could end up being the third guy there at least early in the season. Addison, I think a, a very high ceiling, but not much of a floor with the two superstars. He goes at 705, so he's not going to make it back to us. And then the other conversation, Marquise Brown, interesting because it does kind of set you up to start thinking already from the very beginning of a very late Kyler Murray selection at QB. And you had mentioned Dak Prescott. I think for me, Jared Goff would be the guy. Prescott has an 11th round ADP. Goff has a 14th round ADP. That's a pretty meaningful difference. And I think that Goff is actually the better pick even just in a vacuum. So we'll be looking at Goff and then offsetting Goff or complementing him with, you know, maybe this player who isn't healthy for a while, but you get through, I mean, Jerry Goff seems like he's going to score just fine to get you where you need to be if the rest of your build is good, right? So we're going to have to hit on some of our other guys, but I think that he will get you across and then when you're trying to win the whole thing, maybe Kyler Murray is the play. If you're thinking about it that way, then Marquise Brown becomes at least vaguely interesting. He's a guy where if he hadn't, Spent so much of training camp injured and injured in a way that doesn't seem like a big deal Then he would be more expensive He would also be more expensive If there were any confidence at all about the kind of quarterback play that we're going to get in the first half of the season But in the same way that kyler murray could be a second half of the year You know tournament type winner marquise brown is someone where if kyler murray comes back And marquise brown is healthy then, I mean, he's somebody who, again, I mean, you're looking at as being, you know, a better pick than, you know, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, those types of guys. And so I think that's the consideration that we have to work through as we get here to 712, 801. Injuries with JSN, weirdness with Marquise Brown, and then the rookie element with Zay Flowers. Those are probably the three main picks that we're looking at. It would be great if we actually had those options and we had to decide on two out of three when we were actually on the clock.
1: Yeah. Swift went off the board. I was whole he was the one when we took Ayuka the last pick. I was really hoping we'd get back to us there. Obviously, there'll be more options as we move through here, but Swift would have would have really stood out there. And come on, the drafter at the 311 this time cannot just take JSN on this uh, unless he this is why we don't do these live people sometimes ask why are we not doing some of these drafts live we don't want people taking our picks i know pete and pat are happy to do that uh but we we don't want that happening here but sean we are one pick away 311 is he taking jsn i would say he is otherwise i'm just on a kind of a, a i don't know i'm turning into a profit on this draft if, if he makes it one more pick but we are looking at probably him and marquise brown here zay flowers is the other. i have after that i have Kind of a big break to those other guys. How are you feeling if we if we go with JSN and Brown here? If we get one more pick, as the clock is ticking down here for the three eleven or the the eleventh
2: drafter Yeah, and one of the things that this drafter has got to be working through is in the same way that we wouldn't have to start JSN or Marquise Brown in week one, they don't either because they also have those positions covered. So I mean, this is a spot where they can take that risk. I I mean, I expect it to be one of those two players alvin cook take dalvin cook i hope he takes Dalvin cook i oh, took marquise
1: brown but my thing worked out sean we got <laughs> i now not know if we pass in jsn here um after all this so he takes marquise brown that will make the i think the second pick will be coming to conversation i think we're both agreed here we'll let the we have 47 seconds left on this pick we'll we'll let it click down a bit but any concerns with jsn you know obviously now that we have Brown, Lamb, and Ayuk. It does give you that bit of freedom as well. With if he misses, you know, two to three weeks to start the season.
2: Yeah, I know. I think there's zero percent there, and so we get pushed back to this kind of bigger question of what do we want to do on the next pick. And so go ahead and click JS. Then there we're looking at the redraft ADP for this tournament. Zay Flowers, the 802. You've got some other possibilities. I guess I don't know where else we would go. I like Brian Robinson. I think he's a good fit for this format. I don't know he's a great I don't think he's enough. I,
1: I do I, I do like him, but I don't think he's enough to you know, do that round reach on him. Zay Flowers. Over the wide receivers. Well it was Brian Robinson I was thinking about the round reach that Right, be,
2: right but are we yeah. are we going on here on Zay?
1: Uh, I think so yeah.
2: So Colin we did get to choose between the two out of three. Now the decision to have taken those three running backs early, I think is is very fun because our five wide receiver group of Amon Ross, CD Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers are really good mix there. A ton of upside. The ability to still dominate the flex. And that's been one of the interesting things, I think, about 2023. I've talked so much about how zero RB is probably not the way to play it this year because rounds three and four are so weak at receiver and so strong at running back. But the flip side of that is you're actually getting some guys in rounds six and seven, especially certainly in round five. And then if you have an early pick in round eight, and we talked on the previous show about what some of the potential disadvantages of being at the turn are and that round seven, eight would be potentially a big handicap. And instead I feel like it's been this wonderful gift where the injury to JSN has pushed him to the seven twelve. We get to add in there. I mean, we would have definitely taken him at the five, six turn. If he hadn't had that injury. I mean, no question. Oh, we would have, I would have, we would have taken him over. Yeah, no that question. And so yeah. you get him coming all the way through back to the following turn. And then Zay flowers, um, more questions there because you have to like Mark Andrews. And then, I mean, Rashad Bateman is still there. The passing offense probably not going to be high volume enough to make all of these guys winners. And, you know, I've said throughout this entire process, the Zay Flowers actually does have some warts on his prospect profile that you don't want to completely ignore. And yet, you also don't want to ignore what the player is just actually doing. And he's been fantastic in camp. He's looked great in the preseason games. The Ravens are raving about him. I right now I have a really hard time with Jordan Addison going ahead of him. And it's not like he's going ahead of him by like multiple rounds or anything weird like that, but I would prefer flowers straight up. And so to have that mix at this point in the draft, we've always said this, the structure is really important, but so is player selection and player selection from a profile perspective. And then also from a humility based perspective, but when you put those things together and then you look at the board here, but if you were just a, if you didn't know ADP and you said, okay, we're going to start with five wide receivers and those receivers are Amon Ross, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Ike, Jackson Smith, and, Jigba, and Jay and Zay Flowers, you'd be like, well, I mean, maybe you're thinking you could have gotten a little bit more, but you're fine with that. And then, you know, if the curtain is pulled back, the blindfold is taken off and you're like, oh, but you also have Ramondre Stevenson, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams on your team. You'd be like, what are you talking about? right? that That's not possible. And so, again, that's not to say that we're going to win this league or anything to that effect. You look at, again, the other side of this board, and there's a lot of purple, there's a lot of red. Those teams have the elite QBs and tight ends that are going to make a difference, right? We're going to have to figure out ways to make those points up. But, but I love this, right? I love it. And it's one of the reasons why we've had so much fun this season, because, I don't want to say that drafting had become automatic in the past. That's never true. And if you feel like that's what you're doing, then you really want to kind of refresh and make sure you're questioning everything that you do. And yet, it's been such, it's been such a wonderful experience to be able to go through and do some different things in drafts. And Colin, this is probably the most fun I've had in a decade. So, yeah, well, it feels this
1: season feels like I, I wouldn't, I can't say a reset when you were saying it. I was trying to think of the word but it's like it almost feels like a slightly new game so we're, we're playing these formats that we played last year but it feels like there's a almost a different element to it that you know you're trying to change your strategies and, and work through it and there's a lot more questions than maybe there had been in the past i can't think of the right phrasing as to to what the terminology should be but it, it does feel that way and one of the things i was going to say earlier is the likes of stevenson etn and obviously williams had his injury and people maybe think that he should have hit higher heights than he has hit so far in his in his career potentially but it's the same with edn edn is somebody who had a missed his first season had production last year and now is still going in that range if if this was two years ago edn would have been going in the second round i think from what we would have seen previously and i think we would have seen stevenson probably going in similar ranges and this year because the landscape has changed they are now Third, fourth, fifth round pick. So if, if they're going in the second round, we're we're you know advocating to pass on those guys. But when they're going where they're going and allowing you to set up rosters in the way that you can possibly do here, it, it is obviously a lot of fun. When we look at it, then Sean, you know this was part of the reason I I didn't want to go in and go as heavy at running back. And let's say we started off with Bijan. I don't know who we'd have taken in the second. There's not really a strong option in the second, but what i would be thinking then is see when we well get as soon to as jonathan taylor part. is on the
2: dolphins you're going to be yeah, looking at a first round guys. pick like he could go yeah, be yeah, John jonathan right. taylor there and be really happy with it.
1: it it can change very quickly that's true so the one thing that i was going to mention there is if you are starting off and it's you know a less group of wide receivers at the top and then you're feeling a lot of pressure taking the jsn pick knowing he's going to miss the start of the season how is that going to affect the rest of your draft strategy you know you're at brandon and where we were quite relaxed as to what might happen and who might get through, I think there's a lot more panic and you're hoping on that player to make it through. This has felt very relaxed so far outside of waiting on JSN and when Swift went. They were my two pressure points so far in this draft, but enjoying it so far. Sean, one of the players I was really hoping might get into the conversation and getting back to us was Jalen Warren. He has Locked excellent usually a late ninth round pick by adp over the last couple of days goes at the 901 very fair pick if flowers wasn't there at that last selection he may have come in to consideration so he is gone speaking of injured players though as the the draft has progressed here trellon Burks is currently um obviously having some issues but may come into play at this next turn as he goes off the board as i i mentioned that um, so where are we starting to to lean down to? I mentioned Tua earlier, I think without having waddler hell, I'm probably happy to uh, you know continue to to push it down towards that golf territory.
2: yeah, i I mean we have enough of him overall. and I think but one of the things that's kind of fun is that he would be opposite one of our receivers here in week seventeen. now, for this tournament, looking to win the $1 million, you're trying to feel what is that path across three weeks. And so you know you have the the Dolphins-Ravens matchup, but there's certainly no pressure to get him, especially now that we have so many drafters who spent early at QB and are now behind and have to get back at the other positions. And I, and I should say behind at those positions. I mean, you could make the argument that we're behind at the other two right but there are different pressures and i do expect these three drafters or the other two drafters with us at 10 and 11 to also really push quarterback that'll be something to track and see if it ends up being the case or not i think that extremely inexpensive quarterbacks are going to be the way to play this and so as we move through round nine we have lost a few interesting names I, I thought there was a chance that Quinton Johnston would fall all the way through. He goes at the 810. Kadarius Tony in redraft, I think, is actually more interesting than in best ball because I mean you're not looking at like massive holes for huge chunks. You're looking at the start set decision where you know maybe you get some interesting or meaningful intel that allows you to do that somewhat appropriately. He goes at 9-2, Burks goes at 9-4, Bateman goes at 9-5. That. Guys that I have here on our board are Brian Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, Rashad Penny, Sam Laporta. To two
1: players I would love to go here. There's three selections, Sean. Sorry to interrupt, but we have obviously taken their co-partners, but P. Ryan and Bigsby be going before us here would be nice. It would free up a lot of options now that we have, obviously, the other side of those. Um, a lot of names that like you mentioned there that that fall in here and being very interesting. And, and I know I have talked about Swift and not getting him, but penny definitely comes into consideration here at this turn if he makes it to us so the nice thing about how this has kicked off lots of flexibility and options for us interesting picks there though sean uh, i wanted to mention at the tight end position and cole commit usually a 12th round pick he has gone here the ninth round brian robinson was somebody you had mentioned he almost made it all the way back to us here which would have been interesting and then and also went off the board um somebody who tends to go in the the ninth round range so he's a, a fair pick there as well Dobbs goes off the board Sean he was somebody I was I was hoping would make it to It feels like we're in a competition here with the 11 drafter again for for Penny Brian Robinson's gone as you mentioned some of the players who would be in that next range is, is the likes of uh A-chain kind of completely out for you here with the rumors with uh, the Dolphins how, how do you want to play it here it's probably probably Sky Moore and Penny if it if it works out here as Kincaid goes off the board lasted quite a bit there he's usually the 901
2: I've been looking here to see if we had some other picks that would make sense but it in part so that like my entire season doesn't rely on Sam Laporta but Colin there's just there's nobody else we did hit a flat zone in nine ten. we had talked about that as being very likely I think we go Laporta on this first pick, address that tight end position, and then see where we're going to go in round 10.
1: Do it. I was going to make a joke to say not to do it, but then I thought we had only 15 seconds left, and that might have been the wrong thing to do.
2: It is interesting because, as you mentioned, Kincaid goes right before us. He's another player where it's a full round discount that Magazine drafter gets with the 11 spot. The player I have here for us is a full round reach. Colin, what are your thoughts on taking a big reach on Jameson Williams, going ahead and adding Rashie Rice? Now, all of these names, the other one Marvin Mims, those three guys all in theory should come back to us. Rashad Penny would be somebody to help continue building out our extreme running back upside.
1: I think I would go for Penny. Who are your other pitches for?
2: Jameson Williams, Rasheed Rice, and Marvin. I think I would risk seeing if they if they make it back. Okay, so we'll take Penny and we do expect at least one, I would say, of those three receivers to make it back. I think all three could. This was something I wanted to hit you with because
1: I think it came up on the ship chasing main event draft on the Jameson Williams side of things, but the vibes around Jamison Williams have not been good uh him and Kadarius Tony are like in a battle to see who can you know have the worst PR uh, you know in training camp where people want to just have positive news coming out and obviously we're missing Williams as well for the start of the season what is your thoughts any concerns you know is there a possibility that we're still going after him based on the profile that may just be going to flame out in the NFL yeah
2: i mean i'm not scared of any of that we've got (laughs) we've got five wide receivers (laughs) (laughs) but but this is a guy who is a top 15 nfl draft pick who it doesn't matter if he's healthy right now because he can't play for six weeks because you know he decided to use his phone to gamble at the team facility or whatever it was i mean he doesn't seem like a great decision maker as a 21 year old which I mean, I think it's easy to to be like, oh, well, the people are young. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's a concern, right? You're a professional athlete. You you need to make better decisions. And yet, did all of those plays that happened at Alabama just disappear? I mean, this guy was running by SEC corners like they were standing still. And we've watched him do it at the NFL level. A couple was, of times was last year, Jared Goff play. missed him. Yeah. You know, in preseason, he's dropped one of those passes. But we saw him do it for a full season where he was the best wide receiver in all of college football. I mean, we're going to say that's just Bryce Young because, I mean, we've watched Bryce Young play in the preseason. It looks awful. It looks awful. Like, if you gave Bryce Young the choice of the guys he's got or Jamison Williams, I mean, do you think he would hesitate for a split second? Do you think he cares about that? He wants Adam Thielen. He wants Adam Thielen. Come on, Sean. So... That
1: that was the one thing I was going to say is, like, you know, when somebody comes back from a, a knee injury like that, you're thinking... Will he have that, you know, explosiveness? Will he have the same speed? And you know, when he was playing last year, we've seen it on a only a couple of plays, only a handful of plays, but the, the speed is not gone. He does go off the board though, Sean, as I mentioned that. So the the ten oh seven, I would agree that the upside is is still immense, but the concerns are definitely there. With that pick, so, we did take Laporta. I mean, we we Jason have goes to
2: JC, and KC. So the folks in KC know what's going on, Colin.
1: Yeah, they know they know what's going on. But was there, I guess, you know, if we if we look to get golf last year or in the, sorry later in the draft, do we want to? I I guess the answer is going to be yes. Sean's going to say that the Detroit Lions are are ready to take that next step forward again because we were all mm-hmm. in on them last year when people thought that they were going to be a, a bad offense. But would that be too heavily in, invested here in the
2: the Lions? Well, I mean. Once everybody agrees with you, it's no longer exciting to do. So, I mean, are we still in on the Lions now that we know that they're good? We get an interesting value no, that, there. That was last year. In round 10 with Deshaun Watson going to draft sharks. So that'll be an interesting one. Again, Matt Ruby, be a good article on Watson and kind of thinking through his range of outcomes. Make sure you check that out on the site and call him. That coupon code RV radio 2023 is good for you this week it'll get you 10 percent off that one year subscription as you look at the great work from blair andrews i do think that curtis patrick is going to have a piece we've had some cool nuggets from dave Cabin. obviously matt has been on fire in his debut for rotaviz michael dummer doing some cool stuff i think we're going to have part three of conroe driscoll's series on how to win the ffpc best ball tournament so all of you best ball and specifically ffpc enthusiasts which i'm guessing a lot of you are as you're listening to this main event draft you're going to want to check that out colin we've been having so much fun on the site this week use that coupon code save yourself some money 10 rounds are now in the books
1: yeah so we have saint brown lamb stevenson etn williams that's javante williams Ayuk. JSN, Zay Flowers, Sam Laporta, Rashad Penny. We'll put a pen in it there for today's episode. We have to come back and finish it all off, see how we round out the rest of this team, what we do at quarterback, how we fill out the wide receiver positions, what other tight ends we look to address, and we'll do that on the very next episode of Road Biz OT. We're going to have the episodes coming out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week, so you're going to have a bonus episode in there as well. So come back, check that out, make sure you are subscribed, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Roto-Viz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.